We're in a series called God's Vision for Me, and we've been going over this five-step process of how God's vision plays out. And last week I spent some time talking about process, so I won't. um, It's just a a series of steps that gets you the results that you want. And um, the first one was God has a vision for me. And if we don't believe that God has a vision for me, that he sees me, that he loves me, that he has plans for me, that I'm uniquely made and uniquely, uniquely designed, then I've named for me. And it's not just Les or Leslie. It's, it's a name that's sung in heaven that started um, uh, when I entered into heaven, and I will then celebrate and hear my name up in heaven as that party continues till I get up there. And that he names, he names me, and he probably names each season or each year of our life. And so... Um, And we taught on that second one. And then the third one was God provides for his vision last week, that there's provision for vision. So whatever you have, if you have a hope for um, a vision for your marriage to change or your ministry to change or your parenting to change or your finances to change, God brings provision in there. So if you're like, well, I can't speak or I'm afraid or I always feel bad working up into any time I'm going to speak publicly – then um, there's actually provision there for that of courage, of strength, of people around you who will listen to you long enough until you can speak well, um, until you can do those things that you can see yourself doing. And we often think that vision is based upon what I've experienced in my past and what I have right now, but God's vision is is based on just on him. It's not based on how bad or good I've been. And we both get it wrong, don't we? We're like 50 years old. We're like, well, I've been really good, so God, there must be good things in front of me. But that's self-righteousness. And then we, we say, hey, I've been really bad, so there must not be much for me. That's bad. Does that make sense? Because it's based on self. And so we really want to get beyond that, that God has provision for the vision. And he loves to partner with us. He loves it. When we say, I want a better marriage He loves to talk to us about us, not about our spouse. (laughs) When he says, I want to be a better parent or I want better kids, he talks to us about our parenting and our faith level. And um, it's control and manipulation if it's any way else. And so he's talking to us. And this third one is God empowers the vision. And the fourth one is God. uh, The fifth one, this fourth one, God empowers the vision. The fifth one is God completes the vision. And we'll we'll do that. We'll talk about that next week probably. so this idea of empowerment is not just that we've been given power, but we've been given permission to utilize power. We've been given power. We've been given permission to utilize power. Now, you've all experienced soulish power. You've benefited from it probably. You've utilized it to get your own way, and you've been bullied by uh, emotional or soulish power. When somebody comes in and they yell and scream at you and you do something that you didn't want to do, that's soulish power. And you've given that person permission to bully you into doing what you didn't want to do. Somebody comes in and you've decided you're going to do something. Somebody comes in and intellectually they argue with you. And then, and and you've, you're giving your power of your own soul, your own decision-making up to them to have a soulish thing to do. Ask Cresha to lead worship. She's capable of playing piano with Craig on Jim Bay and, and, um, and, uh, all those things. And she was, she's been busy. Uh, you know, we're in a new home. She's has a deadline and stuff like that for work. And, So she's working this weekend, and um, so I could tell, you know, I could tell her soul was like, ugh, right? And so we we just sat down and said, just just pray. So I closed. She's like, right now? I'm like, yeah, so it's just pray. It's just say, God, do you want us to have music tomorrow? And And I saw in my mind's eye just a picture of a table. 
full of food. So I thought, right. Because that's what I would teach, that when you ask God, you don't have to hear a, thus says the Lord, you can hear a picture, you can hear something, then you trust him, that's what you're going to do. I tell you what, her, her level and my level too went all the way down, and then, and then David Geyer came and hooked up the mic, but his uh, wife um, hurt herself, hurt her knee yesterday, so she can barely walk, and his parents, uh, both his in-laws are in rehab, and it's just a lot of stuff going on. So it's those things that we can, we can actually access the power of God outside of our what do I think and what do I feel. If, if we're living our Christian life based on what do I think and what do I feel, we're going we're gonna to mess up. And we might get some good things, but we're not going to get the God things. And there's so much more for us to have when we walk in the power of God. And when we walk in the Holy Spirit, and I can rely on him, I don't have to say, and I'm not saying you ask God, should I wear blue shoes today? And God would always tell me not to wear blue shoes. Um, I know, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so it's not asking every little, every, what's that? Yeah. Well, actually, I do have a pair of Converse blue shoes, I think. Yeah, so maybe maybe I'm walking in disobedience. I'm not sure. And, uh, and I'm not saying that we ask, check everything, but those things that, the things that we want to have in life, how do we get there? We don't have to decide what, um, what we want. We can say, God, I want everything you want and believe that it's a lot more than I could ever want. If he, if he has for us beyond what we can imagine, then we should stop. We should stop imagining and then engage in his imagination of us. That's what vision is. It's trusting his vision that his sight is better for me out the road. I would have never guessed that, hey, be in ministry, stay in ministry. Of all the times I've wanted out of ministry, I've never, I would have never guessed that my, my personal life, my professional life, and my financial life would be blessed by being in ministry. I was recently out to lunch at the beginning of the year with two guys that started in ministry with me. They both went different ways. One went into the government work, one went into business, uh, oil and gas. And um, they both have made more than me, and they've both been a lot unhappier than me. It's going to sound weird, but I have a lot more of that less provision over the last 20 years than they have of their greater provision right now today as a 55. Because of the blessings of God, not that I'm in ministry. I want you to hear that but because I'm following God's path for me. I'm following God's path. When we follow God's path for us, there's a blessing in that. And, um, you know, whenever we talk about the power of God or God empowering us, uh, it's about the Holy Spirit. It's not about, we, we need to be unafraid of talking about God's Spirit, about Holy Spirit. So if we were here today and, and, and I said, we need to really talk more about Jesus, we really need to get into the Gospels this year, people would be like, yay. But if I said, hey, you know, less of Jesus this year, you'd be like, oh, that's bad. If I said, hey, we really need to know the God of the Old Testament, how he looks in the new co- under the new covenant. And so we're going to do this in 2018 be like, yay. If I said, you know, we need to know less about God as creator and omnipotent, omnipresent. And we should just know, study less about him, care less about him. We'd be like, boo. But if I say, hey, we should really dig in and learn more about the Holy Spirit. Everybody's like, uh-oh, are we going to get weird? So wait, wait, no, I think we should talk less about the Holy Spirit. When we say we should talk less about the Holy Spirit, we're okay with that. Even though he's part of the Godhead, he's part of the Trinity, he's not a a lesser part. It's not like like Jesus gets 45% empowering our life and empowering our vision and empowering our soul. It is the Holy Spirit that does those things. And um, we see the Holy Spirit first at work in creation, 
hovering over creation. We see the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story hovering over Mary. And so the supernatural, that, that super spiritual, hard to believe, can only believe um, based upon faith, that actually does something to the physicality of our life and it changes things. So it changes the world. It changes the, then the direction of the world through Mary. And it actually changes Mary's body, doesn't it? Because Jesus is produced through Mary. So that supernatural stuff, that, that belief that the Holy Spirit's doing something changes physically things. So when we say seek after God more, a lot of times we go into Bible study, which is almost always an intellectual pursuit. And we get some things, we get some things cleared up, stewardship issues, fruit issues, things like that. But what we don't do, we don't have that mystical Holy Spirit part that comes often only through talking to God personally and saying, I'm in pain, I hurt, I'm judgmental, I'm unforgiving, I'm unforgiving, I'm fearful, I'm scared all the time, uh, things like that. So we have that, that, that conversation with the Holy Spirit, and that empowers us to do different things. And I love how the author of Job puts it in Job 26, 13. By his wind, and there's wind currents, and there's ocean currents that we didn't know about for all thousands of years of the history of mankind, and, and it's two believers. The one, one believer read this um, and said, hey, if heavens are made, then there's structure to it, there's design to it, there's order to it. And then another guy read out of Psalms where the oceans are told where to go, and he's like, right. And so I, I can't remember how, how it cut down the traveling from uh, Western Europe to, to North America, but finding out where the, where the current was, find out where the currents were, all of our flights are based on those, those wind currents, by the way. So we don't fly straight across, we fly this way. There's, there's reasons we do those things. And so the Holy Spirit is constantly talking to us and constantly wanting to do something in and through us. And he gives us permission to step out and try things. Now, uh, you might have, I've got a vision, God's vision for me. You might have, I've got, uh, I've got a name for it. I know God wants it to, and the name could be, I'm, 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 Healed physically, my family's whole again, my marriage is right again, I have, prov- I have provision, and then God starts providing. But without the Holy Spirit there, it will become corrupt. It will become something that you then use for yourself. We see that a lot in ministries that they get really like articulate evangelistically, and they speak really well, and then they become public speakers, and then they f- talk. Guys, there's some guys on talk shows now, and there's some... Uh, uh, inspirational speakers that were all, all believers. They all came up in believing homes. We have musicians and music, uh, uh, singers and songwriters like that. They come up in the spiritual thing, but then they forget. They get the provision of their gift, but then they forget that there's the Holy Spirit there to empower them, to tell them what to do and what not to do and where to go and how to live and things like that. So it's, it's a really important thing. And so I'm going to start in John 14. John 14, verse uh, 15. It's not time to go yet. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm going to have three, three points. The first one's short, the second one's a little bit longer, and the third one is what I want to speak, why I'm going to share the first and second point and share these scriptures, okay? 
So it's John 14, verse 15. And it's, I'm going to read today out of the NIV. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you a... The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus has promised us the Holy Spirit. This is just one um, of, of multiple scriptures that talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And, and right down the road in John sixteen seven, Jesus actually says it is better that I go. It's better for you that I leave than for me to stay. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Can you imagine being with somebody that you've totally, absolutely, in three, a little over three years, completely fell in love with? They are answering all your questions. They are bringing healing to you. They're empowering you to do ministry. You've seen things in, in a spiritual way of healings, um, people raised from the dead, supernatural things that you've never imagined. And they, they've told you multiple times, I'm going to die, but you've totally ignored it. And then they've told you multiple times also, but I'm going to go and there's somebody better than me. There's somebody better than me. Now, we all think that if Jesus showed up, we'd be like, oh, that would be awesome. But it wouldn't be awesome because there would be that in mind when we when we are praying to Jesus, which is totally appropriate and fine. But scripture says that Jesus left the earth, right? He was ascended into heaven. And he's on the right hand side of Jesus now and that the Holy the God and the Holy Spirit has been sent down to us. So if we quench or quell or don't respect or don't honor or don't recognize the Holy Spirit, then, then we're missing out on an abundance that we're supposed to have. And I, I can't pretend like I know how it all works um, or anything like that. Uh, but I do know that in my journey that, um, that pursuing the things of the Spirit has been really important for me. And I am, my personality is opposite of Holy Spirit personality. Because the Holy Spirit is the intimacy, the mystical, mystical part. It's the, I'm going to give gifts to people. It's the, I'm going to birth fruit in you by something that I'm doing within you. It's not like Jesus and God does the fruit and the Holy Spirit does the, the gifts. It's the fullness of the, of the gifts coming up through us that's formed in us. And the fullness of the Holy Spirit in us that forms the fruit in us. And... Um, but so I struggle. So I, I can go. I can go on an up and a down roll with the Holy Spirit. You can you can look at some of my jobs I've I've taken in church. It's like full on Holy Holy Ghost Church, and it's like oh my goodness, this is for church here. And then I'm like oh this is so boring. You know I I am some 55 years old. I I've, when I hit about 40 years old, I'm just sick and tired of doctrinal arguments. With no experience of joy or peace or love or affection or I, I want that I want intimacy with the Lord I want intimacy with others and um, so Jesus the first point is real simple Jesus promises the Holy Spirit and He doesn't just promise us the Holy Spirit as just I'm going to comfort you like it'll be okay suffer 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 till you die and go to heaven you're going to be miserable and that's okay. You're going to see me when you're 95 years old. That's okay. Just suffer. Be a good Christian and shut up and suffer. It's not that. It's not that comforting. 
It's the comforting based on the cross that God's done something for you, that evil's been defeated, and we walk today, not later on, as more than conquerors. So there's, a, there's an empowerment that comes, and Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. The second point, I'm just going to give you three scriptures. But so Jesus was filled, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was filled, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, even though he's, he is implanted by the Holy Spirit into Mary. And that's just that we should go, and a seed is planted. It's kind of like now that we have digital and mechanical, we're having digital turn on mechanical things. So I have an app on my old house for my phone that I can actually go in my computer and say, turn air conditioning down to 72 degrees. And it, it, it digitally switches something mechanically. It's, it's a first. It's, it's a first we're having. It's a first. That, that connection that we have, it used to be, you know, it was all, it was all levers. You had to somebody, somebody go do a lever. and do, now, now we can open and close dams from computers, from laptops. We fire all of our missiles from laptops, which do something digitally to mechanically and um and th- this this is that's pretty amazing and this is this is in the same i want you to see that that there's something spiritual there's something that we would say if we didn't if we didn't believe doesn't even exist is manifesting change in something that does exist mary's womb that we something that doesn't exist or we wouldn't without faith we can't believe that that the holy spirit hovers over the, the, the earth and creates something in the earth that's now livable to us. It's that sort of connection. But it's not just for the Genesis story. It's not just for the Jesus baby story. It's for our story now. There's something hovers over us that will fill us, will lead us, will empower us. And it will connect, not just so manifesting spiritual things, but Bob, I think it, I think it impacts our personality. It makes us... It's made me funnier than most people I know. It's a joke. <laughs> All right, so, so the filled is Luke 4.1. It says Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Luke 4.1, and these aren't the only two places. This is just a very common place you'll be familiar with. Luke 4.1, it says Jesus was filled with the Spirit. Even though we know he's already ministering, um, we know he's already performed a miracle, I believe, in this one. And we know that he's um, the son of God, but he's actually the son of man. Um, and then in Luke 4, 1, it also says he was led by the Holy Spirit. So he's filled and led by the Holy Spirit in the same story. And then in Matthew twelve twenty eight, it says that he's empowered by the Holy Spirit. So in order for you to take your vision... To another level, you've got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And your vision can be to build a business. It can be to be an amazing grandparent. It can be to um, do ministry. It could mean to, uh, so it can mean everything that you see. It doesn't have to be a spiritual, I want it to be spiritual, but everything that you see is a blessing. I think about business owners that own businesses and they do, but there's a, there, there's a dissatisfaction in becoming a wealthy businessman if you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, recently we've had, I think it's three, not week, um, but there's been three porn stars that have um, committed suicide and there's been three singers last year. But there's been three porn stars in like three or four weeks that have committed suicide. Young, like under 30. And we have these musicians, um, two were friends that committed suicide. I think there's three of them quite young, all at the top of their game. 
because they, they have a vision. They, 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 they know there's something special. They're pursuing it. There's provision there, but there's no empowerment or no strengthening by the Holy Spirit. So it means that God will give me something, then I begin to use it all for my own. I, I'll use my personality all for my own. I'll use my wealth all for my own. I'll use my freedom all for my own blessing. I won't give it away. We're to be filled, led, and empowered by the Spirit to give to other people. And what we give can look like finances. You know, we've helped uh, that family of five that over Christmas was living uh, at the park. We've helped them um, be lodged and, and fed for about three weeks now. And um, so, but that's but meant to translate into something spiritual. It's something, but it comes from something spiritual. It comes from us wanting to see something done. So, Jesus himself says it's by the Spirit of God. Jesus never Spirit of God. I do it. In fact, he dares even to say there's nothing I actually do and there's nothing I actually say that's not something I hear my father say or see my father do. So he recognized that, um, that it was important for him to be connected and empowered. And uh, Jesus was not God pretending to be man hiding in man's flesh. Jesus himself says he was the son of man. If Jesus is God and acting as God, then none of us have any hope to do greater works or the same works or greater works than he did or to walk in the ways he did. But if he's the son of man, fully dependent upon the empowering of the Holy Spirit, God's spirit, then we all have a chance to be invited. We are invited into that and actually walk that out. So when our spouse says something to us, we have a Holy Ghost response. You know, instead of choosing the power of our soul of anger or choosing the power of our soul depression or choosing the power of our soul judgment, we have the Holy Spirit there to tell us what to say. When we hear people speak to us and they they speak their vision, their negative vision upon us, we have the Holy Spirit that's empowered us to give us permission to say, stop, don't talk. I don't believe that anymore. And that's some of the most powerful things we can do is we can hear God speak, the Holy Spirit speak and say, I don't believe that anymore. That's a way, get, get, away, get that away from me. And then sometimes we just need to stay away from, from certain people in certain groups. Luke sixteen sixteen it says, In a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me. Okay. He's not saying in a little while you won't see me, but then when you die in heaven you will see me. What he's saying is, in a little while you won't see me, but then you'll see me. And this, the, the, the me I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit because we're in such unity with God as Father that's going to appear like it's me. Not, not, a, not an appearance, but everything that I said, the Holy Spirit will speak those same things. Everything I said you could do and would do, the Holy Spirit's going to empower you to do those things. You know, uh, the best way I can think of this is, uh, um, illustrate this, is when a house, when building a house, you want complete unity between the guy laying the foundation, the plumber, the electrician, what, what if your toilet was set right next to your kitchen bar? And the, I mean, the, the pipe's set in concrete, right? What, 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 what if your, your entry hall went right into your master bedroom? Now, if somebody that was laying the foundation did that wrong, and the guy just came in and followed the foundation that was left, that's where they would put the toilet. That's where they would put the walls. That's where they would put the door. And we, we think often that the Holy Spirit and G, when Jesus says something, that God, that, that Jesus is the nice one and God is the mean one. Or if I need help being uh, super spiritual, 
Okay, but what it is, they're all three in complete unity. They're all three building the house perfectly together for us. Okay, and that that house is us. We are his dwelling place. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to look and to feel and to be like we were created to be. And um, and he's not Jesus isn't like, hey, I've got to leave because I'm not good enough or I got to leave because I'm tired of y'all. He's like, I need to leave. So the one who is going to be better that's my equal, that's just exactly in line with me, I have to leave so that he can come in and complete what he's supposed to do. And he's saying, I have a perfect companion for you that will be like me being next to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all right? And the, 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 the big thing we, we, we deal with in this being filled and led and empowered by the Holy Spirit is we're looking all the time for somebody else to speak to us. So we're getting a lot of advice. We're getting a lot of counsel. I, I met... Um, I met with somebody, uh, how would you say, um, officially, like as uh, I'm doing some work for them, um, coaching, and it was, uh, I couldn't believe the number of times they said, well, so-and-so 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 said. And I had to really um, get them to see and to hear that they um, never once told that that perfect companion, and um, that when we begin to, when we begin to walk in that, uh, things will begin to change. Now, this third one, so we have, we have that Jesus, um, Jesus left. He promised us the Holy Spirit. We have that Jesus, Jesus himself was filled, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And um, this third one is New Testament believers. There's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We, don't, we do want to continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit actually wants to indwell within us. This, if, if we're houses of God, uh, if we're if if there's no there's there, not that there's no sacredness in church or gathering because there is, but there's no special significance anymore for um, sacred buildings. And I I've been blessed. I went to a, a church um, on the the island of Iona on the west side of Scotland that was built when the Irish came over to the. Celts who were like vicious tribesmen um, up in northern Scotland and they came over and you've seen the standing stones they're big standing so they're all worn down you can't read in the writing they're stuck at different places and these guys would come over and and um, they landed on an island so they wouldn't get attacked by the Celts and the Celts were pretty pretty vicious and the the the, the Irish priest did some brilliant th- of, of Rome not not cutting their hair like they were forced to cut their hair and look like a certain man. They did a lot of things, but the, the, the main thing they did was make Christianity, keep Christianity mystical. Well, from the south, England was pushing up, and they, they, were, they were crucifying people and leading people to Christianity by the sword. What would happen is that one guy that got defeated, he would become a Christian, but then as the, as, the, as the Roman Catholic influence waned in that area and he would die, his son or his, his wife would get someone to get control and they would go back to worshiping other gods. And so the Christianity in the north lasted for like 400 years until it started getting polluted by uh, some stuff from the south. And that's why Celtic Christianity has been such a big, it's a big model of, of evangelism and things like that. But... I said all of that to say I've, I've been in a, in a mass in a, in a building that actually has a couple um, lords and I believe one king buried in the floor of the church. And it's a really old church. It's like an eight-minute mass, and 
I've been to St. Paul's Cathedral in London one day. I got up early and went to the 20-minute the mass there. And they are amazing places. And, and the big one in London and the one in the Isle of Iona in Scotland is a pretty fascinating. It's a lot smaller, a lot more like um, countrified, uh, if you say that. But, um, but there, there, so there, there is some, I'm saying there's some sacredness there to be found. But it's really the sacredness of the Holy Spirit better. I'm going to talk to myself better. Because I, I do have worthiness because he says I have it. And I don't have to lead with I'm, I'm a loser, but now I'm a Christian. It's like I'm a son. I'm a son and I'm a daughter. And so there's an indwelling that we have in, in, the, in the Old Testament. Um, I'll give you a couple of scriptures here. First uh, Samuel 16, 13. Um, and then in Judges chapter 14 and 15, you see the, the Holy Spirit come upon um, Samson, and then Saul anoints David, um, and it says it, the Holy Spirit rushes in like a wind. And so we have this idea of rushing, and we have this idea of rushing at Pentecost, but we don't need that rushing as like, like we did before. What we need is the overflowing. So we're worshiping in our homes, we're worshiping in our lives, and our, our minds and our souls are submitted to the Holy Spirit. Our thoughts, our emotions submitted to the Holy Spirit. We often only think our bodies should be submitted to God. I shouldn't, I shouldn't commit adultery, I shouldn't watch pornography, I shouldn't get drunk, I shouldn't smoke, and I should go to church, and I should read my Bible. Now my body's submitted, but my mind and emotions are so often we're seeing our minds and our emotions... Me oceans, me oceans, my me. Yeah. So it's, it's my mind and my emotions are not submitted to the Holy spirit, not submitted to the ways of God Mind follows. And then I struggle with my mind. And then if my mind is in order, my emotions will be in order. And then my physical body will come into submission of that. And it's, 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 it's an overwhelming of what the spirit's doing within me. There's an indwelling. And so if you struggle in your vision for who you hope you are, and to me, God's vision and a vision of who you hope you are is quite a bit the same. I mean, I hope I'm a certain kind of 60-year-old. I hope I'm a certain kind of grandfather. I hope I'm a certain kind of old guy. Um, Although I'm around some people that keep calling me an old guy, so I know it's all relative, but I, I, I want that. And that's not possible with me just trying to be good or trying to be cool or trying to be young. It's actually possible for my hope to line up with his vision and, um, and not always assume that my hope and my desire is different from his. And, um, there's a, there's a, there's an indwelling of the Holy spirit that isn't like worked up. It's not like jazz. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to get some good worship music on. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel so good. And you walk out and your wife or husband say something you're like, and all drains out at your feet. There's like a puddle of the Holy spirit down on the floor because somebody was mean to you because you got in an argument, you got a flat tire and you no longer believe in God. So there's, a, there's, a, there's an indwelling that, that's pumped from here. Yes, we have imagery, and yes, you know, we worship, and we want help most often. So if people are going to get saved, it's typically through our conversation. If people are going to get healed, it's typically through our belief and our laying on our hands and our encouragement. If people are going to get fed, God doesn't feed people. We do. God doesn't clothe people. We do. He says he's there, and when we do it, we do it unto them. So everybody that gave... Coming into la- ending last year and, and coming into this year, you fed and clothed and gave gas to people and gave them lodging this year already. So there's that. So we're at, so that that's that's a part of something that comes from something within us. So this indwelling, 
And I'm all about a rushing wind. I'm all about that. Um, but there, there needs to be no hype when we talk about the Holy Spirit. It's, like, it's, it's, it's just something that's part of my inheritance. Just like Jesus is a brother, God is a father, Holy Spirit is a God, it's part of my inheritance. And so my good works is not trying to work up some belief in the supernatural, the belief in the goodness of God or the belief in healing. My good works is just simply believing and receiving that there's something happening in here. And in the New Testament, uh, Jesus talks about giving the authority, the permission, the power to lay on of hands. And there's just, it's just all through, all through the gospels. You can just go even just read the, the red letters and you'll see um, Jesus saying that. And um, so I'm not, I'm always able to help. I'm always able to give because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I'm not very offended. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. If I struggle with depression, the Holy Spirit is pushing. I'm, I'm inviting the Holy Spirit in. He's pushing that out. If I struggle with judgment, if I struggle with fear, I'm inviting the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's growing so big in me, it pushes me out. You know, this introvert, it's funny. I started with being an introvert. Um, my sister, who's a, I've got a, a younger sister that's 18 months younger, an older sister that's not quite two years older than me. My mom had five kids, two husbands within like seven and a half years. Um, her husband got killed when she had three little kids, married dad, um, my dad, and they had me and my little sister. And um, until I was 13, I never had to ask for any food or anything that I liked because my sister would answer for me. And um, because I had, I, w- I, was, I, was, I, wouldn't, I would never order, even at an aunt's and uncle's house, I wouldn't talk to them. I wouldn't say I want to do this. It would be, so I never got to watch. We, we grew up without TV, but it, when we were at anybody's home, I had no choice on TV because I would be like too, too shy to ask. And the Lord began to show me um, that that's part of my personality, to appreciate it, but to not walk in fear and to um, close in on myself in that area, to come out, to come out and to be, um, to be, that personality that he wanted me to be. I guess it's time. No, it is time to go. So there is, and one of the reasons I had you start asking about your background, because your, your background of how you believe almost always identifies what we believe about the Holy Spirit now. And I want to challenge you that um, uh, saying that the Holy Spirit was needed for the beginning of the church and is no longer needed, that's, that's, that's a bad thing. That's bad doctrine. The Holy Spirit is needed. And we can talk about it in ways that are more ecumenical, that cross boundaries, but we need the Holy Spirit. If, they, if the new church needed it to build the church, we need it today to build the church, to build God's kingdom. And there's a lot of um, sensationalism that, that, hey, this uh, cessationalism, that it ended right here, and we don't believe that it ended. It continues on, that the Holy Spirit's available, spiritual gifts are available, that the same one that's providing fruit of, right, of, 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 uh, of joy, love, joy, kindness, and those fruits out of Galatians, that he does want to also have these gifts flow through us. And um, so it's an important thing to work through that, to walk through that, to be unafraid of the work of the Holy Spirit. All right, so I want you to imagine this morning what one thing looks like going into this, the rest of this year of 2018. What, what, what maybe it's something, something that you envision, something that you have sight for that you can see being different than it is now five years ago. That's not vision. 
that's, that's going back into something bad that you don't want. You don't want things to look like they used to look. There's always, God is new and fresh and doing something new. So think about in your finances, in your marriage, or your job, maybe with your children, maybe in your health. What forward? Imagine that. And then clo- just close your eyes. And then just ask yourself, Holy Spirit, am I being empowered by you to pursue these things? Or am I doing it on my own? In some way, ask that. Father, Holy Spirit, am I, am, I, am I pursuing health on my own? Am I pursuing relationship on my own? Am I trying to fix something that really needs the touch of a healer?